All right, welcome in to Vision Pros Live. With Jackson Callum, I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guests, guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Ultimately, I just want to go through some of the things that might help you with your vision. So if you have a vision that you're pursuing, drop a link in the comments and let us know what that is. If that's a business or a brand, um, if it's a nonprofit that you run, be happy to promote it, be happy to talk to you about it. And if you'd like to apply to be on Vision Pros and be interviewed about that vision, then by all means, feel free to reach out. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome to Vision Pros Live podcast. Uh, my name is Jaime Jimenez. I'm here kicking off this wonderful podcast. Um, Jackson will be joining us a little bit uh, later. Um, before we get started, before we go into subject, I wanted to talk to you about the power of delegation. It's always important for everyone to have in place any type of fallbacks in case any unforeseen situations may come up. And this is something that we are 100% here prepared to do. So I'll be kicking off uh, today's podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, I am an executive at First Class Business. Um, today, I have the pleasure to be with a wonderful woman. Uh, she is an amazing, amazing coach. Her name is Alyssa Joshua. Her she is an executive coach working with entrepreneurs, creatives, and business leaders to create lives, teams, and companies that go beyond performance. So let's welcome her in. Hi, Jaime. Hello, Thank Alyssa. You for me. How are you? Hi. Great. Thank you so much. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit regarding your background as a coach before we, we start off with some of the questions? Yes. I've been a coach for five years. I started coaching as a coachee, and that's what got me into coaching and looked a little bit at my background and the kinds of jobs that I had been doing and realized, oh, this is something I want to share with others because I really saw how coaching was impactful in my life. Um, so I've worked in the restaurant industry and tech startup, and I, for the last 18 months, was coaching at a tech company, I'm coaching all different uh, levels of leaders and different departments within the organization, which was a lot of fun. And I also have a private coaching practice. So anything I can do to get coaching to more people is, you know, fine by me. Yeah. I mean, coaching is, uh, I've done some personal coaching myself and it's, it's transcendent. It definitely takes you to a different place. Um, uh, with that, um, can you please share your vision with us? Yeah. So for me, my vision is really to bring coaching to as many people as possible because as you said, coaching is transcendent. I saw what coaching was doing in my life, how it was changing relationships, how it was changing the way I showed up at work, how I showed up for my clients, all different things. And I, I really love the ripple effect that coaching has because your family, your friends, your colleagues, they'll see the changes that you're making through coaching. And so my vision really is to have as many people as possible be able to take advantage of coaching and really see those changes in their own life. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Coaching yeah. definitely brings you to a whole different level and it, it provides 
such an amazing feeling for a person to be able to be led and and be be guided um, to understand better like what situation they may be in and what else mm -hmm. they could improve in their lives. Yeah, um, and you know it's really neat to be able to walk next to someone as they're going through whatever they're going through, or to have someone say that thing that we've been working on for the last three months, it's it's live or it's come to fruition or I got the promotion, whatever it is, and to celebrate with people, it's just, it's awesome. I love it. That That's another thing, accountability. That yeah. gives you, that you have to be accountable for everything you do. And that is something that people may find sometimes over overwhelming, mm -hmm. but it's, it's so nice to have someone there to talk about your victories, your failures, and to feel good about it at the end of the day. Right. And, you know, I think about accountability too. Sometimes it feels stressful because it's like, oh, I actually have to, so to speak, get that thing done. But if it's important to you and the person you're talking to is someone you love, then out of that love, you want to create that accountability with them because seeing them accomplish their dream, their vision, their next step, whatever it is, however big or small, is what it's about. Like, that's really me loving you and not letting you off the hook and saying, Hey, you said you were going to do that thing and it was important to you. So let's, let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, what, what's your vision for your clients? Oh my gosh, that they would accomplish their dreams. Um, but I'll take, I'll take a step back because for me, when I first started coaching, it was because I couldn't even answer the question about what my dream was, like what my dream job was, what my dreams for my life were. So being able to work with clients to help them even get there, suss that out, that is such a huge first step of creating a safe space where they can dream because not everybody has that. And sometimes if your dreams, let's say, don't fit with what your family believes you should be doing or what you grew up thinking you had to do, it can be hard to say those things out loud. So for my clients to be able to say what their dreams are and then be able to achieve them. That that's really my vision for my clients that they're living a life that they love and that they're achieving the big steps, the small steps and moving themselves in that direction. I mean, yeah. Um, that that feeling has to be great when people accomplish what they set out to be. I I I was just wondering like how does that also feel on the coaching perspective? Is that I mean, <laughs> that also gets you pumped up? Yes, I think it's awesome. I'm like, you did all the work, you know, because I'm walking beside them. But I had a client who had been working on a book for a while and we worked, I think if I'm remembering correctly, he told me 10 years and we coached together for about three months and his book is now live. So, you know, I, I see the, the LinkedIn post and he messages me and he's like, I sold my first book. Like, that's amazing. I love celebrating those kinds of things with people because it just, it feeds them and it it means that they can do different things with their family or show up differently at work or change a relationship that they didn't think was changeable. That's so cool. I love it. It's my favorite part of coaching is when my clients call me and tell me a win that they've had. Yeah. yeah so one of the important things in mindset for me is also celebration because it has mm -hmm. to be, it has to be an important part. Once you are able to overcome that goal that you set yourself it's important to also celebrate that mm -hmm. um what are your thoughts on that celebration how how should a person celebrate those victories well uh, first off i love that you brought that up jaime because 
I think that when you are a vision person, and especially if you are type A like me, you can get caught up in the final product and forget to celebrate along the way. So not only is it important to celebrate the final accomplishment, but also the progress that you're making, because, you know, if you're, let's say you're paying off debt, if you've paid off a quarter of it, that's a celebration. If you've paid off a half of it, that's a celebration. So always remembering to celebrate along the way, I think is huge and also makes it easier to track the progress that you're making, because sometimes that goal can seem really far down the road, but every step is moving you forward. So celebrating along the way is huge. Oftentimes I'll stop a client like, okay, what are we celebrating today? Before we get into commitments or strategy or what's getting in your way right now, let's just talk about what it is we're celebrating because without that, why are we doing all of this stuff? It also helps with that mindset of, you know, I'll be happy when, like when I get there, we want to be enjoying it throughout the whole time. So celebrate early, celebrate often. And, you know, sometimes it's just about celebrating I'm here on this call today and that's enough. And that's okay too, because sometimes that just getting up is a celebration, right? Like it was a hard to get out of bed this morning, but I did it. So I, not only should you, but do it a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, that, that's, that's something that I constantly do. And I think even though it may be small steps or small things that, that, mm -hmm. that we do, we have to take that value and, and provide that, right. that celebration space for, 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 for everyone. Right. Um, and your point about the small steps, I, everything is small steps. Like when I'm talking to clients, I, I'll use the analogy of a staircase a lot of times, because if you're at the bottom and you're looking way up at the top, it, it does not seem possible. But you can definitely step up a single step and you can definitely take the next step. So it also helps keep everything in perspective that we're not trying to do the thousand things that are going to get us there we're getting just the one next thing and that also takes a lot of the overwhelm away because most of us can do the one next thing that takes 15 minutes right yep um so here's a curious question what does it mean to unleash your fire well and i i, I talk about that on my website and that's a, like a little bit of my branding for people who don't necessarily know me um but what it means to unleash your fire what what i think is oftentimes I have myself and I've seen with clients held back on my truly authentic self because it might make other people uncomfortable or, um, goodness, it might make other people feel any given way. And I have to remind myself, look, it's not, their feelings are not my responsibility as long as I'm in integrity and being kind. But what I want people to be able to do is just like, open the floodgates on the things that are important to them. So, you know, it starts with a spark, which is that vision. What What's my vision? And then, great, what are we doing to get there? And then when you get there, great, what's next? It's basically just like this growing, you know, because the fire starts small and it spreads quickly, but it's this ability to really have your vision in place and then grow with it and grow into it because we don't want to play small. And fire does not play small, right? It's big and it's hot and it just keeps moving. Yeah, definitely. Wow. That's, that's something definitely. <laughs> um, just following. Um, so yeah. I've met a lot of coaches in my life. Um, I haven't had a big life or, or a big uh, experience <laughs> with coaches, but I've, I've experienced some really bad coaches in my life, as well as some really good ones that have yeah. shaped me into what I am today. And I am mm -hmm. thankful for that. Um, 
what separates a good coach from a bad coach? Well, uh, let me just say what I, in my experience, has made a good coach for me. Um, my experience, and, and I, I always tell my clients too, I have a coach. I have many people in my circle. Um, I, I recently heard Rich Litvin say, if you can do it by yourself, you're, you, it's not a big enough vision, right? And so I, I fully believe in the power of the team effort of people supporting you. But for me, what makes a good coach is someone who, who challenges with love, like we talked about earlier, right? Like, hey, I know you're having a rough time today, but I care more about your vision maybe than you even do right now. And so I am going to help you get there. That's one, having empathy and, and being authentic. Like sometimes as a coach, you have to say the hard thing or the thing that is going to kind of hit somebody right here and let them sit in it and have the space. And it is, it's okay because you've built that trust. And I think having that basis of trust and knowing that the coach is for you, for me, is what makes a really great coach. Yeah, I think I think that chemistry and that relationship that has to develop specifically with a person that is guiding you is so so uh, so important. One hundred percent. We have a question here from Mr. Jackson, which is he's now here. Hi, <laughs> hey, Jackson. Jackson. Well, he's asking, what are some small steps that you are taking to move to your next level? For me, I am. Hey guys. Hey, I'll Jackson. jump on real quick. I was actually asking that to the audience. Uh, oh, Jaime, I was enjoying this. I was sitting back and watching you guys. I'm like, this is great. Jaime's doing amazing. Alyssa's throwing down the bombs, the value bombs. And I was like, let me just type some value bombs out there while you're going. So you guys keep going. I'll, I'll step aside. Awesome. <laughs> I want to know in the, well, now Jackson, I want to know in the comments, what small steps is everyone taking to move themselves to the next level? And Maybe I think awesome. remembering- so that a small step is a step. So let's not think like, oh, I'm only doing this thing. No, if you are taking a step, again, let's celebrate that because it's hard to do. You nailed it. That was a small mind taking a small step, right? Mm -hmm. When we when we belittle ourselves or, or talk down about the action, right? So small steps, right? I'll, I'll give you one, Jaime, since you put me on the spot. <laughs> How about a big step for Jaime? On uh, having him run Vision Pros Live last minute so I could fight traffic and get back here. That is absolutely amazing. I was like, what, what a great opportunity, you know, to, to have this happen, to have Alyssa come on, Alyssa being an executive coach for Jaime, soon to be established. I don't know if you'll talk about that or not yet. Not yet. Uh, oh, man. Um, so Alyssa is actually going to be an executive coach, most likely for Jaime. We're going to do a little bit of evaluation on, on who on our team <laughs> is, is yeah. ready for that, who our yeah. team is ready to maximize the value of that and, and really allow her to unleash her fire as a coach with him so that he can, or, or Camila can unleash hers. Those are the two that I'm, I'm most considering right now. But mm -hmm. so here we go. And I'm stuck in traffic and I'm like, you know what? This is the perfect time to delegate, right? And to really showcase the power of delegation, bring your team forward, you know, empower them, let them jump in and do this. So I needed to do, I needed to communicate with Jaime about that. We'll talk about that in just a minute, probably. But I said, Jaime, who do we have on deck? Cause I thought it was either, Alyssa or Susan? I didn't know which. And he mm. said, Alyssa. And I was like, okay, great. I'm going to call Alyssa up and let her know what's going on and, and let her know that he's going to start the interview process. Because it, it wouldn't be respectful to either party to delegate one side of mm. the experience, right? You got you to be able to delegate both. You got to let people know what's going on. Ideally, we would let the audience know as well. Um, but that's part of the fireworks show, 
right? That's part of the, he can come in, he can help the audience see that. And they'll just go, you know what? They, they don't need Jackson. Maybe we like Jaime better than Jackson on this, right? This is an opportunity. And what it comes down to is my brand is not Jackson class business or vision pros Jackson live. Like no, it's vision pros live and it's first class business. And if we can't learn to set ourselves aside, or if we have to be the center of attention, what are we doing? Like we're going to rope ourselves in, in, in to the degree that I'm scaling these companies. It would be different. It's different from my brand personally. I have to show up on stage when it's Jackson Callum, you know, wrote the book type thing. But when it comes to a, a bigger brand, a brand that goes beyond the, the singular individual, that's where it's super important to be able to delegate and empower. So I'm going to get out of the way a little bit more, um, but Alyssa is one of the people who I know that does an excellent job of helping executives establish themselves as exec executives. And I would say that delegation is one of the most important roles to mm -hmm. being an effective executive, according to Peter Drucker, at least Dr. Peter Drucker on that topic. Alyssa, I've learned a lot from you in regards to this reality. What would you add? What do you do to help your executives know how to better delegate? You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of asking questions because a lot of times when we're not interested in delegating, it's because we're fearful of the result. And we think, and I use we because it's kind of an all of us thing, right? We think that if I delegate this, it won't get done as well or the way I want it to. But you know, then I'm asking, well, why did you hire this person if you don't trust them with that? Why did you hire this person if you don't think they're going to do a good enough? job. So it's really kind of challenging the thinking around why I would or wouldn't delegate. And like I said to you on the call today, Jackson, like today you got to delegate and then we get to bring something totally different to the audience, which is actually really cool. So it's fun to roll with it. And so really for me, what are you afraid of if you delegate? Right. Absolutely. Play Where are you driven by fear? Um, so absolutely. And Cynthia's on our team. Uh, she, you, you know her well. Uh, that's our our head designer, and uh, we love what you're what you're contributing there, Cynthia. Um, I'm glad you enjoy working with Liz as much as we do, um, and it's it's cool to see her unleash the designs that you have, um, you know, for for your website and and things yeah. like that. So uh, let's talk about your opportunity to delegate that and mine as well, right? Here we had a design team building a landing page, and yes, I can try to do it myself. Um, you know, yes, you can try to you know to to make it happen on your own. Or, you know, you can also guide the team. You can scream at a team, right? And tell them what to do. You can demand people do things a certain way. You can box people in. There's so many ways you can go about that process. What was that process like for you? Delegating design to a new team member who doesn't speak English yeah. as a first language. Um, and in fact, has a translator work with her for this. So what'd you learn and, and what um, what'd you enjoy about the process? I, I personally, which this is very funny for me to say out loud, but I enjoyed the letting go um, because it's something that if I would do it myself, it would look fine, but it wouldn't look great. So as I started seeing these designs and getting to say like, oh my gosh, I feel fancy because of the work that everyone's doing, like that was nice. But I think too, it, it was really a great exercise in that trust for me to say, You've seen my branding, you've talked to me, you've seen what I do have, you understand where I'm trying to go, and I'm just going to let you roll with it and trust your expertise. And I have, 
I, I don't even want to say I have not been disappointed. That's so just like awful to the process. I've been so thrilled with everything. It's been so much fun to see. And, and when I have questions or I say like, hey, can we tweak something? We can, but those are so simple because we're, if we're not 100% of the way there, we're 99% of the way there. And I just get to see something that I love every single time. So I have found it to be freeing and also super exciting. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. We're gonna we're gonna drop the link too um, in the the comments because while well, everybody has the opportunity to uh, go after this opportunity, you know, they answer these four powerful questions yeah. related to unleashing their ability to think bigger, right? And you you can be a non-executive doing this, but if you're an executive and you're looking for the opportunity to be coached, then as Alyssa said, it does start with power questions. So I wasn't planning this segue, but Let's talk about the uh, the four power questions on the page. Yeah, really for me, it's about thinking through things that, you know, as a CEO, you're not trying to take, take your vitamins or like create a morning routine. Like you've got those kinds of things nailed down. So it's really thinking through the things that you likely know about your business, about what's going to hold you back maybe five years from now that you can kind of see happening now. It's about, you know, if, is anyone around you challenging you or is everyone around you just like, yeah, you're great. CEO, love your ideas. Some, you know, some CEOs love that. Some don't really want to be challenged. So I can step in and ask some of those questions that maybe no one else is asking to help look at things just from a different perspective. And I don't always know someone's business. It's not my job to be an expert in everyone's area, but it is my job to say like, why, why are you doing it that way? What's worked? What might not work? Uh, what are the things that are going to hold you back? Or is this even going to matter in 10 months, right? Because sometimes the things we think that are super important in the moment might have zero impact later down the line. And that even relates to what you were just asking me. Like, if I like design two a little more than design three a month from now, does it matter? Not, it really doesn't. And so can we focus on the things that are actually important to you that are going to move the needle for you in the things that support your vision? Well said. And these, you know, the visionaries that I've met with and talked to from Jake Larson to Dan Martell, Nicholas Kuzmich. I mean, I've, I've talked to a lot of visionaries who have built very amazing things. And uh, I remember Thomas Lemaguer in particular out of, out of Toronto. He talked about the Pareto principle. Um, I believe that's mm -hmm. the one that it's called, the 80-20 rule. Um, and, you know, cutting out and, and in the four hour work week, Tim Ferriss also talks about it and how you should cut out the 20 percent of customers who I'm sorry, the 80 percent. Um, he, he said cut out the 80 percent of the noise that's mm -hmm. happening and the problems that are happening and focus in on the 20 percent of customers that are not causing problems that are advancing the most um, mm -hmm. with their reality. Now. This applies to almost everything in life, cutting out 20%, 80% of my activities, perhaps that I'm doing on a daily basis that may not be contributing to my success. You know, it really depends on where you're at. But Thomas took it to the next degree and he said, we're going to, we're going to build, I don't remember how he said it, but something like we're going to build the Pareto's principle for the Pareto's principle. <laughs> so we're going to go down to the 20%, but immediately cut out 80% of that mm -hmm. and focus on the additional 20%. Mm -hmm. um, and it was you know, it's, it's interesting what happens when you, when you shift your focus, um, you know, on the things that, that are again, most important for your life. Um, and some people shift all the way down to the one thing. Well, and it's helpful because I, I mean, I'm guilty of this in the past week of like, 
why am I so busy? What, what am I actually doing? So I'm filling my time with busyness, but not 20 minutes of focused, productive time that will actually move me forward. And, and realizing that I was doing that and making the switch to say, okay, I'm set, I'll set the timer, I'll work for 20 minutes and the focus is getting X done versus I checked an email and I, and I looked at LinkedIn and I, and I did things in a much more just loose fashion. So I'm filling time, but I'm not moving myself forward. So in anything, there's a moment of where am I spending my energy and is it giving me energy and moving me forward or actually taking my energy because I'm not focused on things that are helpful to me right now. Absolutely. With vision, some of the, some of the times we're going to be talking about the hard truth. Um, and when it comes down to the hard truth, in reality, 96% of this fell within 10 years. Um, and a lot of business owners, they don't know where to turn for executive coaching. They don't know when to turn executive coaching. And they don't even know what it would be like. What, what if, what about team members having executive coaches and how does that work? Right. So I want to highlight about our relationship. When we first started working together and, and talking. I believe you had primarily been a coach for more corporate driven programs where the, the corporation or the entity had hired you directly. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Okay, awesome. So with that context of, of uh, that, that being the case, you've now since then, you've started to bring on individual contracts and, and smaller companies. And I'm going to say it for you. The market has a very limited mindset in terms of coaching. Mm -hmm. I hear that too often the phrase, I have a coach. Like, that's great. <laughs> you know, I have a preacher you know, perhaps, but I also have a mom and I don't tell my mom, Hey, I have a preacher. Don't talk to me, you know, about God. <laughs> um, and I'll tell everybody else, like, you can't talk to me about God. We put these weird walls up to protect yeah. ourselves. Um, when in reality, the people who are most successful in life and at executive level, they have many coaches many, and mentors, yeah. right? So what mm -hmm. I'm getting at is when it comes to your new, your new opportunity or transition to, to attract these entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and people who, maybe don't know how to hire an executive coach, maybe don't know what to expect out of that, right? What type of advice do you have for them? And, and, and in fact, you know what? Talk to me about mm -hmm. who pays for it. When you go to a corporation, mm. who pays for the coaching and, and who do they pay for the coaching for? Yeah, it really depends. So like in the situation we were talking about earlier with Jaime, it might be that first class business in this case engages me to coach people on staff and then they would pay. And someone like me, for example, I just simply pay my coach directly. So sometimes companies, if they really believe in growing their people and they're investing in them, will cover it. And sometimes people just decide for themselves, I'm ready to take myself to the next level. And the thing with coaching oftentimes is I'll ask the question because people will have a vision. It's like, okay, well, why haven't you gotten there? Because a lot of times we think we can do it ourselves except our history shows us that for most of us, that's not the case. Mm -mm. So six months have gone by 12 months, 18 months. And that thing that you're going to get to is still sitting there. And so having that, a co the coach creates accountability and creates momentum in a way that you can't do on your own. Well said. And it's sometimes hard to swallow that pill uh, that you can't do it on your own. Yeah. Um, but in reality, it's one of the, the, the humble pill. Um, has so much power behind it once you finally do decide to, to take it in. So there's fantastic opportunities for entrepreneurs to hire you on for their own benefit, but also to look at their team and say, you know what, 
do I need my team leveled up? Um, and is it possible, you know, getting creative and thinking outside the box here, like, is it possible to bring you in as kind of a help me assess like what our needs are and maybe who, who would qualify for that? Or how do you go about it? If you've got, like, I've got like 12 different team members. Right. We talked about maybe bringing two on and, and mm -hmm. looking at how we're going to do the coaching with them. Mm -hmm. Um, why did you come to the conclusion you came to? What does that look like for transparency's sake? Yeah, I mean, oftentimes the kinds of things that I'll ask are like, do you have anyone who's newly managing people? Sometimes that can be someone to coach because as we've seen, being good at a job does not necessarily mean being good at, at leading other people. So it could be somebody who's recently moved into a new role or recently overseeing others. It could be like, hey, we have a great salesperson and we just want to help them take it to the next level. They're, they're doing great, but you know, they can do better because there's a moment in high performance where you kind of hit a roadblock and it's helpful to talk through like what is getting in your way, because at every level, all of us will find some way to get in our own way because it's worked for us before. And maybe we think it's protecting us, or maybe it worked in a different role or at a different company. It doesn't work now. So having somebody to help suss that out is very helpful. Um, so I'm really talking with a CEO just to ask like, What's going on with your team? If you have people who are brand new, coaching might be too much for them. Maybe they still just need to get situated within the organization and kind of figure out their role. But maybe you have somebody who is hungry for the next step. And it's like, great, let's coach them over the next six months so that they are ready for that promotion. And you can give them more because you trust that they're ready to take it on now. So it's really about, like I said, sussing all those different things out and figuring out where it makes sense. And could be two people, could be 10 people. It just really depends on who needs it at the moment. Um, I love that. Yeah, I love it. That's great. So we, the assessment comes on a personalized basis and I, you know, I'm just going to point out the obvious right here. That assessment adjusts and changes and pivots based on the needs that Alyssa obviously uncovers as a coach. Um, right. Just like any business, you know, so many people want to corner their marketing company or their, service provider or their, their, I don't know, executive assistant, the virtual assistant into doing the one thing mm -hmm. that they've planned out, but they don't realize with time that, wait a second, this puzzle piece no longer fits the puzzle because the puzzle has changed so much. Um, and there's new diversification involved variables that have come up that, that dynamically change what we should be focused on. And that's why it's so important to have somebody like Jaime said, right? This is, yeah. we want a coach who knows us well enough and is deeply integrated enough to move beyond general advice. General yeah. advice gets us general results. Welcome to the 96% of failures. Hi, man. <laughs> I'd love to hear. What do you got, man? Throw down if you want to. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I think I'm a very coachable person, which is which is kind of an advantage um, to, to yeah. people because you also need that in a client. It's not simply just having person there but it also it also has to be a person that is willing to receive whatever mm -hmm. comes their way and is willing to take that with the utmost and looking in a positive way on mm -hmm. on everything that is brought to the table so i think that's that's also a very important part of, of coaching itself i love that jaime yeah <laughs> I mean, I mean, is hundred percent coachable, hundred percent. And I can't speak for every coach, but it's my like imagination that every coach has come up against somebody where you're on that like discovery call moment and, and wondering why, why are you like, it doesn't seem like you want to be coached. Why are you here? And kind of sussing that out because it, it seems like 
There's a lot of justifications. Maybe there's some excuses. There's a lot of reasons, but we're here to get rid of all of that and move you forward. So do you actually want to do that? Or are you really just dedicated to doing it the way you think you want to do it? And um, even as a coach, I, I show up sometimes and I'm like, oh, I'm really struggling with this thing and I can only get myself so far. So even I have to be coachable. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so let's talk about that head on. So we got people in the audience listening right now. I bet somebody hears this someday, if not today, and thinks, oh man, am I am I too sensitive? Or, or why? Why does Alyssa have to respond that way? And tell me that brutal hard truth. Does she not like me? Is this judgment that she's passing on me? Is she telling me I'm not good at what I do or that I'm never going to measure up? You know, if that defensiveness that exists, right? Somebody's saying those things, Alyssa, I mean, broaden our minds. Oh my gosh. Why do you, why are you direct with people? I know that makes my heart hurt. Like I, I never, I would never want a client like I, coaching is like it. so many things. It has to be such a safe space for the person to be there and know that in the relationship that I've built with them, that there is trust there and that I'm only challenge them, challenging them out of love and because of the vision that they have told me is important to them. And to really be able to say like, you said this was important. So if it's important to you, it's now important to me. And maybe at times more important to me than it is to you. And so if you want to get there, I have to ask this question or say this thing that you maybe don't want to hear. But if not, I'm doing my client a disservice. Wow. All right. So we just saw why Jackson's not a coach um, and why Alyssa is. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a coach. Uh, the diplomacy utilized, um, right? And that and that softening of the process in order to maintain the open space of trust, yeah. right? That that matters. And I, I speak from that, from the hard reality of entrepreneurship and, and mm-hmm. having to feel like you you got to be the coach, you know, and the and the entrepreneur too. Mm-hmm. Um, wearing multiple hats and different types of startups, offending people um, that you didn't mm-hmm. mean to offend, uh, you know, yeah. but there's, there's just so much to learn when it comes to dynamic relationships. And uh, that's again, why it's so important to have somebody like you involved where you can reach people with more patience perhaps, or, or more, uh, what, what's a good word? More, not necessarily delicately, but um, you're very prudent and how you handled that objection that I threw out there or that reality that people may feel. And it is important. And I've seen that. I've seen you nurture people and take care of people, but I also see you, uh, your, your relentlessness <laughs> of helping people unleash that fire and not lose sight of it. And that's, again, that's what makes a great coach is, you know, in my opinion, I, I look at the remember the Titans. I just watched that with my kiddos. Nice. And that, that dude was, whoa. Like <laughs> relentless as a coach. I'm sitting there trying not to cry. I watch the movie. I'm like, I love this. Why can't we be like this anymore? Like he cares and he loves and never gets offended. But here you come and you provide this this coaching. Has coaching shifted for you over the last 10 years at all? Um, and, and how people receive coaching? Have you noticed any changes with that? Or um, is there a different change to coaching styles with the whole quiet quitting thing that's going on? Well, for me, I mean, I've changed coaching. When I first started coaching, I felt like I had to be an expert in everybody's thing. And then, you know, I had to really shift my mindset and understand, well, I'm not, I'm not a consultant. I am a coach, so I don't have to be that expert. It's really about asking the questions. So for me, that's how I've shifted. And then as I continue to 
change who I'm coaching. So when I was first starting out and, and just coaching everyone, and then the kinds of questions that are asked when I shift to coaching people who are like managers or directors, and then the kinds of questions that that I'm asking when I'm coaching a VP or, or C-suite person, because they're dealing with different things. So I've certainly changed my coaching over time to address just the different realities of the types of people I coach and the different spaces that they're in. Quiet quitting is interesting because there's, for me, a lot of questions around like, could you stay? What would it look like if you chose to stay? And can we shift some of the realities about where you are before you move on to something else? Because sometimes it's about the fact that you're in an environment that's not a cultural fit for you or not the right fit for your vision. And sometimes it's simply the way you're viewing the situation is creating the reality that you're living in. So it's also assessing those two things against each other and deciding, do you want to move on or do we simply want to make some changes here? And what would it look like if you got that promotion or if your attitude and mindset shifted about being there? So it's it's very you know individually specific to what each person is doing. And sometimes even on the other side, it's like, Hey, CEO, are you okay with me coaching somebody out if I get there? Because sometimes people really have gotten to a point where they're ready to move on. So understanding from that side, depending on who I'm talking to, what makes sense for them. And, and of course, under confidentiality, but sometimes, sometimes it is time for someone to move on. So it's really assessing that what's true for them. Nice. And uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jaime. So here's a question that is very, very cool uh, mm. from the four power questions that you're asking. So what do you wish the people around you would ask you? So that, that's also very powerful and very, very into what I believe coaching has to be, which is right. Ask the right questions to the right people. Yeah. So I want to for you to give us a little bit more concept of how you came to have this question as a power question. Yes, that's a great question, Jaime. And so this is a great question for CEOs because oftentimes you've worked yourself up to the top and the people around you aren't necessarily challenging your thinking or you don't want them to. And so mm -hmm. being able to say, if you have not created an environment where people can ask you the questions, what do you wish they were asking you? And then if you're not comfortable with people around you asking those questions, why not? And it's really meant to just open up the conversation around, hey, what's going on about what's working and not working? Because as a CEO, you usually have a very solid 30,000 foot view. You often, like I'm always very fascinated by the CEO mindset because they see so many different trends and things that are going on that's like, okay, so I'm telling you trends and you were familiar with three of five of these already, even without talking to people. So what do you want to be asking? And what do you know is working and not working that you haven't verbalized yet? Because usually we know before we know. Yes, that is awesome. I'm glad you brought that up, Jaime. Uh, it's always fun to know the why behind the why, um, you know, or the why behind the questions that exist and the psychology behind it. I think it's helpful too. It's empowering, right? Once you know the direction, the context of a question, it can make it easier to have your own answer. That's a little bit more authentic um, and, and in line. Um, I won't, I won't go into what led me to, to go that route, but um, Alyssa, there's, there was a topic that I was excited to ask you about um, in relation to, in relation to the CEOs that you coach um, and, and the people that you may want 
to be called. Specifically, let's talk about the stories. Mm -hmm. Some of the transformation stories that you've had with people yeah. that you've coached over the years. Mm -hmm. And you've coached yeah. different walks. People that are hearing this into thinking, mm -hmm. oh, she wants to work with world leaders who are guiding billions of people, um, right? But going back to yeah, a more general field, who have you helped mm -hmm. and uh, what type of success did, uh, came out of that? Yeah, well, and, you know, coaching for um, this tech startup was actually a really great opportunity because I coach people of ages from 25 to 55. I, I don't know everyone's age, but, you know, a, a wide range there and coach people at all levels in the organization. So it was some people who were like this was their first job out of college up to people who were VP and C-suite. And what's I think is very interesting about coaching in general is that we are all humans. And so it would be I could be coaching one month and go, my goodness, everyone I'm coaching this month is struggling with anxiety or everyone this month is struggling with, they don't know how to like get to the next level in their career or they're having some kind of relationship thing. So it's really fascinating to me sometimes that male, female, different ages, different job types, industries, all the things as humans, we deal with a lot of the same things. We're telling ourselves stories. We're uh, afraid of the answer we might get. So instead we just do nothing. We're trying to people please instead of doing the things that we kind of know to do or where we're saying yes or where we're saying no. So it's really interesting, but you know, I've, I've coached people who are wanting to move from one level to the next in, in their job. I've coached people who have a dream. Uh, I have a couple of clients who are actors in various ways. And so one client left corporate to do voiceover and it's like, great, like what's the one next thing you want to do to get there? And so she's now got a home studio and building things out to be able to bring that dream to fruition. So to me, any anyone who is living their dream is creating a ripple effect to those around them because they're living with more joy and more happiness. And that's for me why I coach. And so that can happen for anyone. Awesome. I'm going to pull this ticker up so that we've got the options to discuss. Um, this has a lot to do with vision um, and, and vision for the people who are listening right now. Um, I've got a bunch of leading questions on here. Ones that I don't think they need you to answer, Alyssa, but ones that I want to talk about. So mm -hmm. the beginning question being, you know, should I wait to be coached until my boss will pay for it? Right. And whose responsibility is it for me to get coaching? Mm -hmm. Right. And what can I expect? This is the more question that I really want to dive into, but what can I expect for my life by being coachable? Now we've, so we've met people, we've seen people pass through time. You know, we've been around for more than, uh, you know, we're not new to this gig. Right. Um, and <laughs> I have a feeling there's people that you've seen come along mm -hmm. that did not take coaching seriously and that did not feel the need to mm -hmm. invest in a coach. Um, and you've seen some of the outcomes, you know, that some of the directions their lives may have gone. Um, I'm not talking about people who just wouldn't buy, but I'm talking about people who like literally just didn't get coaching from anybody. Um, you know, decided they were going to turn their nose up at everybody and try to handle it by themselves. How does that affect you? And uh, what advice, you know, would you give to others who are on the fence trying to figure this out? What can they expect out of it? Feel free to monologue for a bit. Yeah. I mean, directly, it doesn't it doesn't affect me other than it's it's a bummer for them because what I have learned though is I can't want something for someone else more than they want it for themselves. 
And that that's where as a coach that some of that discernment comes in, because if I want it more than I'm dragging someone along, and that's not a good experience for either of us. But if you're showing up excited about what can I learn and where can I grow? I think it's it's always worthwhile because it can be something in literally any category of life. I don't love the relationship I have with my brother. I'd like for it to be different. Great. We can work on that. I want to switch jobs. Great. We can work on that. So coaching can really help you positively impact any area in your life that you want to shift. And sometimes it's really just those micro shifts. If you're like, I'm 80% of the way there. I just want to get the, the next 20%. We can do that. And, you know, if you wait, you, you might be in the same place you are a year from now. So one of the things that I always want to ask my clients is like, what's the cost of waiting? What's the cost of not moving yourself forward in these areas? Because there are always costs associated on both sides. Um, and sometimes people aren't ready for the, the things that will happen if they do coach. And that's okay too. But you also want to understand if you wait six months, how is that going to impact your finances or your family or whatever it is? So I try to work with clients, even in like the discovery phase, to make sure they understand both sides of the coin, depending on what they decide to do. But ultimately, you know, it's up to them and where they want to take their life. I love it. I appreciate that. And as as final counsel, right, for everybody listening in, you have an amazing opportunity to hire one of the best executive coaches that I know. Um, I've been honored to work with Alyssa for almost a year now. We've built yeah. a phenomenal friendship in the process. And that's also why um, we're moving forward with her as, as an executive coach for our brand. Um, so Alyssa, we're grateful to have you here today. Uh, all of you visionaries out there who are listening to this, y'all need a coach. Uh, y'all <laughs> need more than one coach. I don't know which coaches you need. That's I can't do that without assessing it. But you have somebody phenomenal in front of you. That's Alyssa Joshua, who you can go to her link answer her questions. I'm sure you can reach out to her on LinkedIn or Facebook. I doubt she bites. Um, I bet she's ready to help you assess, is this the right type of coaching for you or not? And uh, just like us, you know, we're big on the, the concept of we do what's best for those that we serve. I've seen the same be true for Alyssa. If she's got somebody in front of her who needs help beyond what she does. And she's really good about guiding people that direction and saying, hey, maybe you should work with Jackson or hey, maybe you should go work on this first. Um, and and uh, that that type of caliber of coach and professional service provider is what we're constantly looking for. So, Alyssa, thanks for being awesome with your principles. Thanks for driving your business forward the way that you do. And thanks for being a vision pro. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jackson and Jaime. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Hi, May. You're, man, you're the man. You did the, you did so great, great on this. I, I got to stop and make this go a little bit longer just to praise you <laughs> because uh, I know I threw this on you last minute and you just showed up and crushed it, dude. Well done. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Nice. I'm here to serve. So whenever. <laughs> right. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward, we optimize them as the months go by. This is going to get more and more fun. Um, we'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for, uh, for giving us your time and attention. And have an excellent time building out your vision and becoming a vision pro yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.